Uh, we've all been feeling the cooler weather these past few weeks, so Deirdre is here now, Deirdre Malumi, that is, as in pop culture and entertainment expert, to talk us through what exactly, like movies that um, would make us warm or make us cold. Which is it, Deirdre? I have picked some cold weather themed films to make us feel warmer by comparison. Right, I mean, exactly. The winter season, yeah. you got to have some snowy movies. Okay, give there. us who you're talking about. So The Revenant is one of my first. Oh, films. God, yeah, you'd need a blanket for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is set in the Dakotas in 1823. So you don't have any electricity, don't have any heating systems. You know, we're going through this energy crisis right now, but it could definitely be as cold as uh, The Revenant. Uh, This is an interesting one. A lot of people probably know this is the movie that finally won Leonardo DiCaprio that uh, Best Actor Oscar that he had so sought for so, so many years. Um, It's probably it's funny. It's not the kind of movie I'd probably revisit a lot because it is just so, so cold. But I thought if we are looking at cold weather themed movies <laughs> yeah it's got to be near the top of the list here I'll give you a blast of it hey Glass is it true what they say about you shooting that lieutenant while you was living them sandwiches Gerald 21 dead soldiers more than 40 dead feathernecks but you and your boy the only ones to get to walk out alive it's kind of a miracle don't you think you need to shut up Miss Gerald that what you did Shot one of your own to save this little dog right here. You know what he want to fight, son? Why? Was he playing with this little boy's mama? Huh? It's Gerald! Did he kill her? Hey, you can quit polishing that rifle when I'm talking to you. I'm working on it. You can work on it later when I'm done talking to you. Look at me, Scout. That's enough! You're forgetting your place, boy. Or as I can tell, my place is right here on the smart end of this rifle. Mmm, Leonardo gets his Oscar. Okay, so where else are we going with these cold movies then, Deirdre? So my next pick here is The Hateful Eight. So the majority oh, yeah. of this set in a log cabin where our titular eight characters are taking shelter from a blizzard. What do you think of the movie, by the way, The Hateful Eight? I thought it was terrible. Oh, see, this is the thing, right? <laughs> I think that a lot of people give out about The Hateful Eight because they say it's one of Quentin Tarantino's weaker movies. And look, I 100% agree with that, but I still really, really like this movie. I think well, hold on a second, dear. But when Channing Tatum came up out of the... Sorry, I'm not giving anything away, but about an hour or two into the movie when Channing Tatum came up out of the floor with the... It's like, sorry, what, 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 what's he been doing for the last two hours? Ah, yeah, but I mean, look, at the end of the day, I still think that even poor Quentin Tarantino is still good to other movies. And there is a great script in this film. There's some great, brilliant one-liners in it. Samuel Jackson's fantastic. You've got Kurt Russell in there, Walton Goggins, Tim Roth, Bruce Dern, uh, Channing Tatum, like you said. I don't think that he was originally listed in the cast, which is kind of a giveaway. Oh, I've given something away. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. But I really like this movie and I really appreciate a movie as well that almost feels like a play when all of the action just takes place in the one setting. It is a play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For my money, I quite like it, but uh, yeah, I'll let the listeners decide. The best thing for me was the shots of of, of the uh, what do you call it of the stagecoach coming towards the place in this big, wide, cold, freezing open vista. Here goes. I'll be a goddamn dog in a manger. Is that you, Chris Mannix? I'm sorry, friend. Do we know each other? Not quite. You know this fellow? Only by reputation. Like I said, friend, you got me at a bit of a disadvantage. Keeping you at a disadvantage is an advantage I intend to keep. Uh, whoever you are, mister, you sure sound tough when you're talking to a desperate man knee-deep in snow. I, I, I don't want no trouble. I just want to ride. I, I, I'm freezing to death. Who's this joker? You heard of the rebel renegade Erskine Mannix. 
Mannix and Marauders? That's them. Scourge of South Carolina. Mannix is Marauders. It's Erskine's youngest boy, Chris. Freezing cold movies is what we're talking about here. What about Winter's Bone, Deirdre? Yeah? Yeah, so this is the movie that uh, Jennifer Lawrence won her first... Uh, sorry, she was she got her first Best Actress um, actress uh, nomination for this movie. And she was only 20 years old. I think at the time she was the second youngest uh, nominee in that category ever. So that's quite amazing. For anyone who's kind of unfamiliar with this story, it's set in the Ozarks. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence plays this 17-year-old who's looking after her mentally ill mother, her two younger siblings. And she has to go in search of her drug dealing uh, father or they could lose their home. Um, so even though it's not, it doesn't have maybe the same kind of amount of snow as some of the other movies I've talked about, it is still really really cold looking um i'll also say it's not exactly a speedy thriller it is quite a slow burner yeah. but jennifer lawrence's performance in this is just she's brilliant cold. in it yeah a very miserable movie winter's bone here goes you know your daddy's out on bond don't you so what looks like he's been cooking again i know that's charges you laid on him but you ain't proved it on him you gotta prove it every time well that won't be no hard thing to do but that ain't even why I'm here. His court date's next week, and I can't seem to turn him up. Maybe he sees you in ducks. It could be. But where you all come into this is, he put this house here and your tin breakers up for his bond. He what now? Jessup signed over everything. Now, if he doesn't show a trial, see, the way the deal works is, you all gonna lose his place. Got some place to go? I'll find him. Girl, I've been looking. I said I'll find him. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was our first movie, but that was certainly the first time anybody really came across her, and that's what it's probably most famous for. That's Winter's Bone. We're talking Jennifer Lawrence there. Give us some more, Deirdre. I've also picked The Shining and it's interesting there are so many horror movies that are set in the snow uh, like Let the Right One In or Misery were other things or other movies that were coming mm. to me I think there's something very scary in the idea of being trapped outside in the cold and that's why so many horror movies have this like wintry setting but in The Shining you have of course one of the most famous cold scenes ever in that you know final chase between Jack Torrance played so brilliantly by Jack Nicholson and little Danny running through that hedge maze and Danny does manage to get away and you have one of the most famous shots in cinema, which is absolutely freezing. You still see people using it online whenever they're describing how cold they are, which is that image of Jack Torrance frozen in the snow. Uh, presumably he's dead. And anyone who's listening to this, don't say that's a spoiler for the movie, because, I mean, I think you're more likely to have seen that shot than you are to have seen the yeah. rest of the movie. You're oh, allowed to have spoilers for a movie if it's that old, for God's sake. If it's not out this week, you can say what you like. <clears throat> Says Dave, yeah. just giving away the Channing Tatum bit. Here, I'll just give you a bit of The Shining. Little pigs, little pigs, let me come in. Not by the hair on your chinny chin chin. Then I'll huff and I'll puff. And I'll blow your house in. Yeah, Shelley, a bit different than Popeye, all right. Okay, that's uh, The Shining, it is there with Jack Nicholson. And uh, the day after tomorrow, obviously, you're going to have on your list, are you? 
Yeah, that's just it. And I mean, the day after tomorrow is an interesting one. I wanted to get kind of a variety of movie genres in here. And the day after tomorrow was really responsible for revitalizing the disaster movie in the 2000s. So many followed afterwards. Um, in the film, you have Dennis Quaid, who's playing a, hopefully I can pronounce this, paleoclimatologist, who says that there's going to be this global climate shift. And it turns out that he's right, because all of these disasters suddenly start to occur all over the globe. And he has to save his son, uh, Jake. Gillenhall when he gets trapped in New York first there's a tsunami and then all the water is going to freeze and become ice it's all it's all quite unrealistic but I thought that this one was worth uh mention as well because I want to rewatch it I'm kind of thinking that it has this message about the environment and about climate change and everything like that and you'd almost wonder if going back and watching it now it proves to be more timely than ever even if like physics and chemistry wise, it might not be entirely um, accurate, but I thought that that was definitely one uh, worth a mention and that I want to revisit anyway. Okay, the day after tomorrow. Excuse me, sir. You're making a mistake. What? Hey, listen, son, we're all scared here, but we've got no choice. That's not it. Get ready to go. If these people go outside, they will freeze to death. Okay. What is this nonsense? It's not nonsense. All right. Look, this storm is going to get worse. And the people who are caught outside, they will freeze to death. Where are you getting this information? My father's a climatologist. He works for the government. So what are you suggesting we do? We stay inside, we keep warm, and, and we wait it out. The snow is getting deeper by the minute. I... We'd be trapped here without food, supplies. It's a risk, yeah. An unnecessary risk. No, 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 it's not. We've wasted enough time talking about this. Come on, people. Let's go. Look, look, look. Just look for a second. Come on, everybody. One Let's second. Let's get going. The storm is going to get bad. It's going to get really, really bad. You're not going to be able to survive in it. Believe me. Sir, please just stay. Just stay. See, there you go, Deirdre. Like, if Jake Gyllenhaal told you not to go outside, you wouldn't go, would you? Oh, no, not especially if it meant I could stay in the warm with him, you know. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here, by the way. We're talking like, by the way, it is um, temperatures dropping close to naught degrees in part of the country as we speak. So between that and the darker days and the looming energy crisis and the chill in the air that you can't shake and all the rest of it, uh, Deirdre's looking at movies that are cold. So that's going to make you feel better if you're sitting and watching them in front of the fire. Now, you've just mentioned, by the way, snowman, the snowman, surely, you know, or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, the snowman. Would you go for that? I did. I, so this was one of my picks, not because it's a particularly good movie, which it isn't, but it is a very uh, cold movie. I feel really sad for The Snowman because it stars Michael Fassbender and Rebecca Ferguson, who are both great in it. And this franchise was supposed to be the next like Nordy Noir type yeah. of thriller series, something like, you know, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and we were getting a lot of others at the time. But The Snowman was just kind of doomed from the start. I was reading an interview with the director who said he didn't even get to finish filming the entire script because of studio pressures, and it shows because when you're watching it, it's barely um, coherent. And then you've got Val Kilmer is um, in there as well. And I didn't know this um, at the time, but afterwards I was reading because his voice sounds really off in the film, and he's only in a couple of scenes. And then it turns out his dialogue had to be dubbed afterwards because he was actually suffering from a an enlarged tongue during filming because he had recently been treated for his throat cancer. So yeah. um, unfortunately, it was just kind of doomed from the start. There were so many factors that Have are... Have you seen that documentary about him? Gosh, it's frightening stuff in some ways. He's a bit of a laugh in it, actually, the Val documentary. Um, Touching the Void, by the way, I want to mention, because there are loads of movies where they're up the mountains and it's just the cold really does get to you, even when you're watching it in a warm cinema. 
Yeah, that's just it. And this one's kind of more of a documentary docudrama type of style. And it's based on this absolutely um, incredible story. Uh, so in, in 1985, there were these two really experienced mountaineers whose names were Joe Simpson and Simon Yates. And they provo- provide the voiceover like narration for this film. It's based on their story, but it is recreated by actors here. But they climbed the west face of the Sula Grande in Peru, uh, which had never been climbed before. And they were able to get the top to the top sex successfully but it was their trip down that actually proved the most arduous and life-threatening and I don't want to give anything away I don't want to say kind of the plot points and the exact challenges that they face Mm. but I was just so blown away away by this film it was made in 2003 and it's still it's still aged like really really well it's still so thrilling so inspiring uh one to make you feel yeah very very cold anyway um but it's it's just an amazing story all right well there are others of course as well obviously fargo the snow played a huge part in that movie and frozen we're going to mention as well so give us a little bit about those two yeah, I think Fargo is when people think of snow in movies, Fargo is one that comes immediately to mind. It's set in Minnesota. You feel the cold in every single scene. I think the fact that you have a murder in the storyline as well makes mm. the ambience the more chillier. Um, and it really utilizes the whole visual of blood against the snow to absolutely yeah. amazing effect, um, especially that wood chipper scene. I think it's just absolutely oh, brilliant. Gosh. I adore Fargo. A lot of people would say it's the Coen Brothers' uh, best movie. My favourite still probably The Big Lebowski, but it's a great movie. Okay, and then Frozen. Obviously, I'm going to give you a little bit from Frozen. So listen, that's obviously the big one for Christmas as well for many people. Deirdre, listen, thanks a million for talking to us on the programme today as in pop culture and entertainment expert Deirdre Malumbi. Here's a bit of Frozen, which everybody knows. Cold never bothered me anyway. Dave Fanning on 2FM.